Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio or on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Thanks so much for joining us for this hour here of The Inner Life, our program about spiritual direction on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm Josh Raymond, and uh, coming up, we're going to be talking about prayer today. But before we jump into that, I also want to encourage you, you might have heard on one of the other shows or maybe in one of the promos that we have running for it, the National March for Life. It's coming up tomorrow, and we're asking you to participate, not necessarily by going there and being a part of the march. Most of us aren't able to do that, but you can still pray. You can still fast for the protection of the unborn. And you can also tell us how you'll be praying and how you'll be fasting. And this year, as in uh, the, similar to so many years in the past, Relevant Radio is wanting to encourage you to be a part of our Fast for Life. And Solidarity HealthShare has joined together with us on this initiative, encouraging people all around the country, in fact, all around the world. We've had people from the Philippines, from Canada, from uh, so many other places around the globe who are also going to be praying and fasting tomorrow for the end to legalized abortion here in the U.S. And when you sign up and you tell us what you'll be doing, how you'll be fasting, some of the sacrifices you'll make, the different prayers you might offer tomorrow— we also want to send you a free e-booklet. It's called The Choice is Love. And it really just answers some of the most common questions, some of the most common reasons people might put forth and say, this is why I think abortion should be legal. And it allows you to respond in a very logical and concise way with love and compassion, not in an argumentative way, but in a way that allows you to then hopefully be able to convert a heart, not to just simply win an argument. Again, that's our free gift to you when you sign up and let us know. And we've had, as of this morning, I know we had over 5,000 people who had already signed up and let us know what they're doing. Uh, some people are saying, I'm going, to, I'm going to not turn on any screens. I'm not going to touch my phone or my television. I'm going to give up any screens. Um, we've had people who have said, I'm only going to eat one meal. Uh, there are people, one that I loved from yesterday, a woman said, well, I'm going to spend time cleaning bathrooms and I'm presuming cleaning bathrooms is the worst job for her. So that's her penance she's doing and uniting that with those who are marching in our nation's capital. So again, sign up. You can do that by clicking on the banner fast for life. You'll see it at relevantradio.com or there on the relevant radio app. Now, as we begin our program today, have you ever known of someone known of them before you actually got to know them. You might have this idea of what they're like, who they are before ever speaking with them. You might have built up an image 
It could be in a good way where you have this idealized sense of what that person is like, or it could be a negative way. You've judged them before ever really getting to know them. One time I did that, uh, judging someone before I got to know them, was when I was 14 years old. I was at this summer camp for the youth group at the Baptist church that I attended when I was growing up, and there were a number of other Baptist churches from the area that were all participating, and they were all coming together to this campground. Our van from our church, full of the kids there, was one of the first to arrive there at the campground, and I knew some of the kids from a couple of the other churches, so when one of those groups arrived that I knew, I ran over, said hello to all of them, except for one girl that I didn't recognize in that group. And this girl, when I saw her, she was really pretty, like out of my league pretty. And I say that knowing that as an awkward teenage boy, pretty much all girls were out of my league. But she was really good looking. And this girl's name was Diana. I'd experienced girls like this who knew they were pretty. They got the the attention of all the boys. Many of those girls... They acted as if they were better than you. A lot of times they weren't very nice. So, seeing Diana, putting her in that same category, right on the spot, I made up in my mind she must be shallow and self-absorbed and rude, and I decided I did not want to deal with any of that. I didn't want to put up with the I'm better than you kind of attitude that I expected from her. So, without giving her any sort of chance at all, without hearing even one word spoken from her, I resolved at that moment not to speak for her uh, to her for the next few days at camp. I'd ignore her, and, and that way I wouldn't have to deal with any of those mean or hurtful words that she would probably say to me. But I did know almost all of the other kids that came on that same bus as Diana, so I was talking with all of them, we were laughing, we were having a good time catching up since the last time that we had seen each other. And Diana, she was there hanging out with the group of people she knew from that church she came with, and she'd occasionally say something. But I'd just kind of proceed as if she hadn't spoken at all, held on to ignoring her. But Diana, she kept trying. Throughout the rest of the afternoon, she continued being friendly, saying things occasionally, and eventually she started saying things right to me and not to that group at large. Now, I wasn't so much of a jerk at 14 that I would continue to ignore her when she was obviously talking directly to me. I ended up responding, but cautiously, cautiously and a bit guarded. I was still worried that the typical pretty girl with the mean and condescending attitude would emerge, and then I would have regretted speaking to her at all, but that never happened. In fact, as the afternoon and the evening went on, Diana turned out just to be this very sweet person. Once I actually started talking to her and got to know her, I really regretted my actions at the beginning. I was worried that she was going to be rude and cold, but it turned out I was the one who was rude and cold toward her. And only because she was patient and she was kind, she gave me a chance, only because of that did we actually have a conversation that opened up to a friendship that allowed me to get to know the real Diana. Not that image of Diana that I had created in my mind upon first seeing her. Conversation is so important. And that's the doorway to establishing a friendship, a relationship. And it's no different when it comes to our relationship with God. Prayer is that that conversation. It's the conversation that allows us to grow in our relationship with God 
But while we speak audibly, most of the time God won't speak audibly right back to us. He'll communicate in other ways. And that might make the conversation a bit of a challenge at times. So how can we approach prayer in the best way so that we can grow in that relationship with God? Well, this is what we want to talk about today on The Inner Life. And joining us is our spiritual director, Father Craig DeYoung, is back with us once again. Father Craig is a priest for the Diocese of Austin, Texas. He's the pastor of St. Louis, King of France Parish there in Austin. Father Craig, welcome back to The Inner Life. Glad to have you here today. Thank you so much, Josh. It's always good to be on the show, and uh, it's been a little bit, so I'm glad to be back. Yes, yes, and I hope your year's off to a good start. Uh, Today, as we want to look at how prayer can open up that way for us to develop that relationship with God, it might be good for us to just start talking about prayer itself, maybe go back to the basics of prayer, and we can talk about prayer in so many different ways, mental prayer, meditative prayer, contemplative prayer, Uh, We pray to the saints, the Mass itself, that highest form of prayer. There's a lot of different possible avenues when we start talking about prayer. But if we do get down to the mere basics, what's a good starting point in understanding what prayer is? I guess there's two ways that I tend to think about it. One is um, the action of lifting your mind and your heart to God, uh, to be in the presence of God and I guess the second way I think about it is a a heart speaks to heart. Uh, I think those are the phrases that um, come back to me again and again when I think about what prayer is. It's simply this place of being with the one who loves you and loving them and doing that in many varied ways. You mentioned the various types of prayer that there are, but it all comes back to the place of of heart speaking to heart, of being in the relationship with God and, and appreciating the love that he has for us and that he knows us through and through and that, uh, you know, expressing that desire to know and to love God and deepening in that knowledge and love of God uh, through time spent with him. Hmm. You know, as you use that phrase, heart speaking to heart, uh, I mean, that means we, we have to be aware of our own heart and we know our imperfections. Uh, a lot of us come with wounds from whatever has happened in our life already up to this point. So we might have that wounded heart. But then there's also the aspect of trying to know to whatever ability, you know, whatever capacity that we have as finite creatures to know the heart of God, this infinite being. Uh, any, Any thoughts on how we can get to know our own heart in a an honest way, I guess, not be fooling ourselves that we're, you know we're better than we are. Not also not you know cutting ourselves down and saying, oh, I'm I'm dust and I'm miserable and you know uh, th- there's nothing good in me. But just being having that honest, sincere look at our own heart, and then how we also understand the heart of God, so we can have that heart to heart, that heart speaking to heart conversation. You know that's that's a wonderful question. Just thinking about. Uh, my own journey and the things that I've experienced, um, you know, there's, you know, there's that phrase, and I'm going to butcher it badly from the Second Vatican Council. Um, if I remember correctly, it says Jesus reveals man to himself, and the idea that that has stuck out for me in my own sort of coming to know my own heart, it's always been in coming to know more deeply God's love for me as His Son, 
Um, I've come to let my guard down and actually to be honest with myself in my examination of my own heart. And in certain ways, I'm always discovering um, the, the places of woundedness. And at the same time, in knowing God's love, I can bring those to him. And I find uh, sort of a certain knowledge of myself in the light of his love. Uh, and then I allow him to touch those places. And so I, I really think that the knowledge of our own heart uh, begins with, um, I guess, God's action towards us. There's that, you know, that prevenient grace, the grace that comes before uh, sometimes the more sort of direct encounters with God. Uh, you know, the, the experiences of things that are true and good and beautiful, all of those those experiences in my life have sort of opened me up to uh, the truth about God revealed in Jesus Christ, that he is a good father, that he loves me as a son, uh, that he desires a relationship with me. And like your example earlier, it's in those little like one-off encounters or sort of gradually coming to realize that maybe this person isn't who I thought uh, they were and, and that you sort of open up. And I think it's that moment of openness that enables us to, to really know our own hearts. It's, it's knowing um, that there's a, a hope that God is as good as he, he says he is, that he is as good and loving as he shows himself to be in the passion of Christ and, and the resurrection. And it's in the light of that love that I can come to know my own wounds. You know, it's the ache, the desires, the longings there that are, that are unfulfilled so often in maybe our personal experiences, broken relationships that we've had, um, you know, people that have rejected us or uh, spoken badly to us or prejudged us in, in so many different ways. It's only in the light of the love, God's love that I've been able to come to know my own heart. Um, and the more I experience that love, the more deeply I'm able to go into that self-knowledge, knowing my own heart to relate that to the Lord. Well, and as you say that then, you can correct me if I'm misunderstanding you here, but it sounds like then the more that we work at getting to know God for who he is, not with this preconceived notion, but the more that we open ourselves to knowing God, knowing his heart, knowing whatever we can about him, that's where we really will find ourselves knowing and understanding our own selves, our own heart better? I think that's right. And then I think that the step after that, of course, is in, in knowing God as he truly is, we come to know ourselves, which opens us up to going deeper into relationship with God, but then also into our own hearts with God. And so you go on that self-knowledge, it's, it's a dialogue, it's a back and forth. God uh, tells us of his love and, and uh, his, his, his actions and his revelation. We encounter him through prayer or the sacraments or scripture and the community of the faithful. And we, we let down that guard, we gain a deeper knowledge of ourselves, and then we bring that knowledge of ourselves back to God. And we deepen our relationship and the process starts over. And we go deeper and deeper and deeper um, in our own hearts with the Lord. Uh, Father Craig, as you talk about the ways that we can encounter God, you mentioned the sacraments there. I, I had uh, talked about the Mass, you know, that being the highest form of prayer. Maybe we can talk about that for a moment. How can we approach the Mass in a way that we really have that encounter? You know, the, 
that we're not simply an observer who is standing or kneeling or responding just at the appropriate times, but we are that active participant in the prayer of the Mass so that we really can have that encounter. Right. So I, I think that um, in many ways it starts before you arrive at Mass. It's the, the way that you uh, prepare your heart and your mind for that encounter. Um, you know, it's, of course, rooted in, in the sacrament of baptism and confirmation that equips you, you know, to be able to, to enter into this mystery of God. Um, it's a recognition, too, of what Mass is, you know, that it is the perfect prayer of Christ offered to God the Father, which we're invited into to participate in. It's a place of encounter with the Lord. And so we bring um, sort of, you know, the whole week that we've, we've lived before the Mass to Mass when we come. I'm, you know, talking about Sunday Mass, but there's there's a preparation that happens in how we we sort of cultivate our hearts for that encounter. Um, and so when we arrive at Mass, in a certain sense, we've we've been looking forward to that moment already. We're living from Eucharist to Eucharist. We're, we're um, recognizing uh, who God is, what the Mass is, what He's given to us in the Mass, and the invitation to participate in it, to offer sacrifice with Jesus, to offer praise and thanksgiving with him uh, and to be nourished by that experience um, to become one with the Lord in, in the mass. Um, so I, I think how, how we, how we prepare ahead of time for the mass is, is absolutely vital. You know, I think um, we can sort of coast in, we can go from one thing to another so quickly that we're not mindful um, of what we're doing. And I think that's the first sort of step is to be mindful of what we're doing and to prepare ourselves uh, for that encounter and to recognize that God is present uh, at the Mass. Our spiritual director is Father Craig DeYoung, a priest in the Diocese of Austin, Texas, today talking about how we can grow in our relationship with God with that communication, that prayer that we have in our lives. What are ways that you've grown in your friendship, in your relationship with God through your prayer life? What are some of the things that have helped you to be able to hear and encounter God in the different ways that he communicates to you? Is your time in prayer more one-sided and you're having that difficult time building that friendship with God and you'd like some advice from Father Craig, you can call in and speak with him at 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. And we'll be back with more right after this here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio Studio Line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit RelevantRadio.com Forester. Growing in relationship, growing in friendship with God, and how our prayer life, how that's that vehicle that allows us to grow in that relationship with God. And how has that happened in your life? What are some of the things that have helped you to be able to grow in that friendship, to grow in that relationship? Maybe it's something that you've started doing in your prayer life. Maybe it's a difficulty for you, and you feel like 
you're kind of stuck. You're not able to progress in that growth of friendship with God. And you'd like to speak with Father Craig, you can call in at 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Again, Father Craig DeYoung, our spiritual director, a priest in the Diocese of Austin, Texas. And Father, before the break, we were talking about the Mass. Um, you were talking about preparing ahead of time. And I think that preparation not only, you know, is for the Mass, of course, but there's so many different ways when we look at prayer that preparation can be important. Um, the other thing is, even though we talk about Mass as the highest form of prayer, we still need to have that individual time for prayer in our own daily lives. We need to have that conversation, that dialogue with God to grow in our own relationship. And maybe we can talk about that word relationship. Um, you know, when we hear that, we think we relate to each other. There's some sort of uh, give and take in that. But I think it's so easy when we pray especially when we're beginning in our spiritual journey, to just ask, 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 you know? So the idea of give and take, we might be taking a lot more than we're giving. And how can we look at this idea of developing a relationship and understand what God is asking of us, what we can give to God, a God who needs absolutely nothing from us, but still wants to know us, to love us, and wants us to know and love him? What can we give God as we understand him more, as we get to know his heart more, and be able to have that relationship? You know, I think, you know, the, the great, the, the gift that God asks of us truly is love. It is, um, he gives us himself entirely, all that he is and all that he has as a, as a free gift, and he gives that to us. And I, I you know, believe the Lord's hope is that um, our response would be love of him to make him uh, first in our lives, you know, before all else, that he is uh, the priority, the most important relationship we have. So I think the Lord desires from us um, that we would come to know and to love him. And that means giving him time. Uh, I think that's a big thing. And giving him the first fruits uh, of our of our lives. You know, making time not only in the first of our week to attend Mass and to offer that sacrifice, that perfect prayer of Christ to Him, um, you know, which is just and right uh, to do, um, but also give Him the first fruits of our day, to, to give Him the best time of our day, um, to make that, that place of, of encounter with the Lord uh, a priority above uh, so many other things that are important, but not as important as the one thing necessary, right? That time with God and prayer and learning from him. Um, and, you know, yes, in, in love, of course, it's related in our Christian life to sacrifice, that, that we would give up what we want uh, for the sake of what is good, right, and right, and uh, to do that first and foremost. So it's also, um, you know, from prayer, uh, we have a rightly ordered heart that we're able to give um, God uh, sacrifice through our actions, you know, and how we love neighbor itself, how we seek the good of those around us. Um, there's so many things the Lord asks us to give, and all of this, of course, is also God's gift to us, that, that in doing those things, uh, we find the fulfillment of our hearts uh, that the Lord desires for us. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I, I really like what you said, too, using that phrase, give God the first fruits. You know, a lot of times, that phrase can be used in regards to tithing and mainly monetarily, but 
that we don't give God the leftovers of the time that we have of our day, but we give him the best part of our day. Um, I, I think that's, that really helps to <laughs> get ourselves in that mindset that everything that God has given us, not just money or possessions, property, but even our time, that we are stewards of that and we are giving back what God has originally given to us as a gift. And so if we're able to give that back, it really helps us with that mindset of everything is yours. And I'm just, I'm wanting to make sure you give back the best of what you've already given me. Uh, that that really does, I think, help frame then so you you don't find yourself running out of time maybe at the end of the day when you get to, oh, I, I still haven't prayed. I need to spend some time in prayer. And then you find yourself rushing through it. And I think all of us have probably been there where, you know, maybe the day gets away from us. There's, you know, something urgent that happens and we, you know, find ourselves just pushing off and pushing off and pushing off that time that we want to spend with God. Um, morning time is usually what I have heard for most of my life, you know, try and set aside that time in the morning before you do anything else. Um, I know some people are able to incorporate prayer later in their day, um, but is that the same for you, Father, that having that time in the morning, is that your personal prayer time, and has that benefited you? Yes, that's typically my time of prayer, and uh, sometimes the busyness and demands of life happen in such a way that I have to find a different time for prayer. Um, sometimes, uh, you know, it does seem that I, I only give God leftovers. Uh, so I guess what I would say is, is a work in progress, but uh, the way I, I do it is I, I've realized if I just roll out of bed and, and start my, my holy hour, um, I actually don't give God my best. Mm -hmm. I've found that um, something very helpful to me is to do exercise first. And that wakes me up so that I'm able to be attentive, to really lift my mind and heart to God, to, to engage my heart in prayer. Um, so I try to wake up, and uh, if uh, I um, have the willpower, <laughs> I accept the grace that God gives me to do that, uh, then I would typically exercise, and then I would make my holy hour uh, with the Lord. And uh, that, that quiet time in prayer before I get into the office, before I start looking at emails or thinking about the things I need to do, the work I need to accomplish uh, during the day or the people that I'm going to see and meet, um, that seems to be the most helpful and fruitful time for me, a time of quiet and a time without distraction and a time where I can give um, really that, that first uh, attention of my day to the Lord. Now, Are there... there's, of course, many other times of prayer. <laughs> Oh, right, right. Well, and I was going to ask, yeah, are there other things that you have, you know, I mean, we, we St. Paul encourages us, pray without ceasing, not that it's just, okay, here, I've given you this little block of time, now the rest is all mine, and I'll, I'll talk to you tomorrow, God. You know, that, that should never be the attitude, of course. But are there other things that have helped you in your life, in your spiritual growth, to be able to grow in that relationship with God, um, to, to be able to live out that pray without ceasing kind of ethos in your life? Yes, I think one of the, the key things for me has been understanding, uh, and I, I really think St. Augustine's letter to Proba um, kind of encapsulate this, that, that all prayer is desire. And there's this uh, cultivation of the heart to long for God, a desire for that relationship with Him, that when we pray and we stir that up in our hearts, and uh, especially in that dedicated time of prayer and through uh, liturgy and the sacraments, um, 
that we can carry a desire for the Lord. Um, as I sort of said at the beginning of, of uh, our talk with the Mass, is living from Eucharist to Eucharist. And, and what I mean by that is a sense of, of longing for the next moment of intimacy with God, longing for the next place of encounter with Him. Um, and so if we carry that from our times of prayer into our day, so that even in the midst of the activity that's going on, there's a desire for the Lord, there's a desire um, to be with Him, that uh, this is a sort of prayer without ceasing. And so I've, I found that some things that really work for me, um, I really enjoy, um, you know, of course, praying with Scripture. That's a, that's a pretty common thing um, for people because it's so, so fruitful, such a great gift from the Lord to us. Uh, but also then spiritual reading, I find that if I read um, spiritual books in a way that uh, is actually sort of um, almost like a book study with Jesus, that's a very fruitful thing to me where you're, you're not just sort of reading through it and finishing the chapter. You're almost doing Alexio with the spiritual writing in terms of um, stopping when something strikes your heart and having a conversation with God. Uh, in those moments, that's a very fruitful thing for me. Um, I also think beauty can be another uh, really uh, powerful thing as well. Uh, one of the great gifts of our parish is we have uh, sun vespers every Sunday night, and um, we have a, sort of a, a, a choral masterpiece for, for the vespers. And when I walk into our chapel and we, we pray uh, with the beauty of that song and with the liturgy of the hours, um, I just find myself drawn up into that encounter with God and my longing, my desire for God grows. And so, so there's lots of many sorts of um, um, sort of pieces that have been helpful to me. I tend to encounter God most powerfully through truth, though, when I find a new idea or a new concept that's of God. Um, it, it, it really leads to that longing or that desire for the Lord as well. This is just a few things. I mean, there's many more, but uh, yeah, I think those are what come to well, mind. Well, and, and you mentioned a few different words there that, just for clarification, if somebody's not familiar with it, um, you mentioned praying through the Scripture, which we do call Lexio Divina, uh, sung Vespers. Can you explain that as well for somebody who might not know what that is? Yes. So uh, one of the ways the Church fulfills um, you know, that, that command to pray without ceasing is uh, a collection of psalms and scripture readings and uh, writings of saints and, and church documents that are collected into a series of, of times of prayer throughout the day uh, meant to sort of sanctify time and to make the day holy. And so there's traditionally sort of seven uh, sort of hours or set times of prayer uh, comes out of a, you know, more the monastic tradition. Um, but every priest, uh, um, deacon, um, bishop, religious sister, brother, um, are uh, make promises to pray those liturgy of the hours each day. And so Vespers is uh, traditionally the name for the evening hour. And so it's a collection of psalms and uh, scripture reading and intercessory prayer. Um, and the church prays that together. And of course, lay people are very much invited to pray this and make a habit of praying it, and many do. Let's also talk, um, and maybe we can go into Lexio Divina here, because, you know, one of the things I'm thinking about, I mentioned, and you've talked about it too, prayer being that conversation, but for the most part, I mean, I've never experienced it in my life, God speaking outright audibly or vocally to me, but we have to listen in other ways for God to be able to communicate to us. Uh, and one of those that 
had originally come to my mind in preparing for our conversation. Lexio Divina was one of those, uh, Eucharistic Adoration another. But uh, before maybe we go into those in greater detail, any recommendations on how we can... You, you talked about getting yourself ready for mornings. You know, you'll go and exercise, try and get ourselves in a better disposition to pray. But also, can we get ourselves in that better disposition to recognize when God is actually saying something to us, when he's communicating to us? So, yes, I, I think uh, there's there's many things that can help uh, with that. I, I think, in fact, um, you know, that dedicated time of prayer actually does teach us how God speaks because we're giving that more, more attention to it and we're more likely to recognize during the course of the day uh, the ways that God is speaking in through and sort of under our own experiences and we sort of tune in uh, to the Lord's voice. But really, I think um, the first step uh, um, of sort of disposing ourselves is to ask for grace, to ask for the Holy Spirit uh, to come and to teach us how to pray, to invite the saints uh, to be present during the time of prayer. Um, and asking for that help and really um, inviting, I guess, inviting um, God into the moment and becoming aware of his presence, remembering who he is, and uh, a pretty, I guess, common way of thinking or, or doing that ac- activity, the exercise, is beginning prayer by becoming aware of God looking on you with love. Um, it might be helpful to use an image or just your imagination, but um, just give the first few moments of your time of prayer, uh, inviting the Holy Spirit, asking the saints to pray with you and for you, uh, opening your heart to that grace, but then becoming mindful of the Lord looking on you with love, that he truly does love you and that he is present in that moment. That, that seems to dispose uh, me in my times of prayer uh, to the encounter with God and helps me to, to sort of be able to sift through the various thoughts, feelings, and desires that are coming to me and, and, uh, and sort of distinguishing what, which of those are of God and which are not of God. Um, mm-hmm. Our spiritual director, I, I think, Father... I'm sorry, go ahead, Father. Oh, no, just one last thought is I, I think the other thing uh, that is really key here is uh, ordering our life um, to the good, the beautiful, and the true. Um, and, and really that means in a lot of ways avoiding sin and the near occasion of sin, that those things sort of pollute our minds and our hearts and make it really difficult um, to notice God's movement. And so that would be my last thought, too, is how do you um, remove those obstacles uh, from your life as best you can? Yeah, well, and that, that yeah, if if you're having a difficult time, kind of understanding what God might be communicating to you or, you know, hearing him as he's trying to get something through to you. And it's been a while since you've been to confession. Well, that's a great first place. It's just go make a very good and honest confession and get that sin dealt with so that you can have the absolution, you can walk away from the confessional and be at a better place where you can say, okay, there's not this sin that's in the way of my relationship with God. Silence is another thing, too, that I think, you know, it's so easy for us to want to fill up every moment of our day with some sort of noise or something. You know, we're, we're very obsessed, especially in our Western culture, with entertainment. And to be able to set that aside and give ourselves some silence in our life, that silence is important as well. That's 100% correct. I, I think... Um, maybe I just sort of presumed it here and setting a time and place aside that it would be a place without the distraction 
you know, a place with uh, your phone turned off, silent mode, you know, the television off. Um, but also in terms of the environment, if you have a, a space that's set aside for prayer, um, those things can really help settle the mind and quiet the mind and the heart uh, for the encounter with God. Our spiritual director is Father Craig DeYoung, a priest in the Diocese of Austin, Texas, pastor of St. Louis King of France Parish in Austin, and today talking about how we can grow in our prayer life so that enables us to then grow in a relationship, in friendship with God. And how has that occurred in your life? What are some things that have helped you in your time in prayer to be able to encounter God, to be able to hear God? Hear those different ways that he's speaking, that he's communicating to you. Or maybe you are having a difficult time growing in that relationship and that friendship with God. And you'd like to speak with Father Craig, ask him a question. You're welcome to call in at 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. You can email us at innerlife at relevantradio.com. And coming up, we'll talk about Lexio Divina. We'll talk about Eucharistic Adoration and take your phone calls. Again, 888-914-9149. You're listening to Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio studio line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit RelevantRadio.com slash Forrester. talking about understanding and having that better experience in our prayer life so that we can grow in relationship, grow in friendship with God. How is that occurring in your life? Is that something that maybe is a struggle for you? You can call in and speak with our spiritual director, Father Craig DeYoung, at 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. And Father, uh, right before the break, we were talking about how we can have those things that might prevent us. We want to be in a better disposition to hear when God is talking to us, speaking to us, communicating to us, in whatever way that he might be. And that sin can be a problem in our lives. Another area, you know, we talked about going to confession, get ourselves forgiven, but we have to be willing to forgive others too. That unforgiveness could be a roadblock for us as well. I found actually that as people come to me sometimes, um, often even for spiritual advice or direction, that uh, one of the major obstacles is exactly that, unforgiveness, that people come in and they have this deep wound in their heart from some relationship or situation, and the unforgiveness really has become a block or an obstacle to their encounter with the Lord, that they uh, really have trouble um, sensing the movements of prayer, um, the movements of the Lord and what he's speaking. And so if, if they can, if we can walk through a process of forgiving those persons that uh, many times their, their closeness to God grows in leaps and bounds. Let's talk about Lexio Divina. You mentioned that really briefly right before we had to take our, our last break here. Praying while using Scripture— this, I think, for me, is probably the the best way that I can think of to get to know God better, because we have this inspired, infallible Word of God that's here in the Scriptures the Church has given us. And 
in that, we get to hear God's actual words, whether it's spoken through prophets in the Old Testament, whether it's spoken by Jesus himself or his apostles in the New Testament. We get to see the actions of God, his love, his mercy that are shown to others as well as to us. Um, We learn more about him. This, I think, might be one of the most natural ways that God will speak to us on a regular basis. Maybe I'm wrong. Is there is there another way that you would look at? Because that's the one that comes to my mind. Yeah, I would say probably um, sacred scripture and sacred tradition would be uh, right together. But sure. I think sacred scripture is the most accessible um, to most people. And what we, I mean, the Mass is chock full of it, every liturgy. Um, it has a pride of place in our prayer lives, and I think that's exactly it. Is through the scriptures we have some of those most intimate and personal encounters with the Lord. If somebody is not familiar with that, can you kind of walk us through what are the steps of Lexio Divina? You know, and and also maybe there's a good place, a good resource for somebody to learn more about it if they wanted to read more to have a better understanding of how they could incorporate that in their own prayer life. Sure. So the technical steps are um, lexio, meditatio, oratio, and contemplatio, which is reading, meditation, uh, prayer, and contemplation. Um, but a really simple way of thinking about it, I think, is um, you have the Bible in your hands. You've selected uh, a passage. I'd recommend that you begin with the Gospels and just take a little piece of the Gospels every day. And you read it um, maybe two or three times very slowly with pauses um, between each reading of the section that you've selected. And you really want to internalize it. And as you do that, um, you know, you might want to engage your senses. You know, imagine what it uh, what it'd be like to be in that scripture passage. Uh, what does it smell like? What does it feel like? What do you hear? The sounds that are present. Um, and you sort of notice in yourself um, what uh, things stand out, what things grab your attention or bring a sense of peace or joy or um, entice your curiosity or even make you feel a little unsettled. And as you do the lexio piece of it, the reading piece of it, um, and you do that a few times slowly, you then close the book, I think, and you begin to um, consider those places where your mind is drawing and think about why your heart and your mind are drawn there and what the scriptures mean and what it's actually saying, um, these sorts of things. And then you go, that's the meditation sort of phrase where maybe you're entering into it through your imagination more with those senses, considering the meaning or the phrases or what's happening in the context of that particular scripture. Uh, and then the oratio, the, the prayer, you begin the conversation with God. Uh, you begin the conversation perhaps even with maybe one of the saints who are in that passage, talking with them about what that experience might have been like and what challenged them and how did they overcome those challenges. Um, you begin the conversation piece of it, and uh, you really open yourself uh, to what God is saying and wants to say to you, as you speak to him, you should have to take that time to pause, allow him to speak to you. And then you move into the contemplation portion. Now you're sort of quieting yourself. Um, and you're just simply gazing upon uh, God, who uh, you love and being aware of him loving you. And uh, you just sort of look upon uh, the Lord who is giving you this gift at this time of prayer uh, with some sort of response, typically be gratitude and praise and thanksgiving uh, to the Lord. And so that's a pretty common way of, of sort of praying Alexio. 
Wonderful. Thanks for that explanation, Father. Again, speaking with Father Craig DeYoung today about how we grow in our prayer life, and thereby we grow in our relationship, our friendship with God, knowing God better, understanding God better, and being more apt to hear Him when He speaks to us in whatever way He communicates to us. And you can call in and speak with Father Craig at 888-914-9149. Father, we've got Maggie who's calling in from Rancho Santa Margarita in California. Maggie, thanks for calling in. You're on the air. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. My question is, my husband is not on board with um, teaching the faith to our children, even though we both are Catholic. He does go to Mass every Sunday. But he just does the basics, and it's kind of rather frustrating because he is the head of the household, and I think that it's really important for it to come from him, not just from me. And I was wondering what I can do to get him more on board. Well, that, that Maggie, is really uh, a quite tough question, and, and obviously it begins with, with prayer for him, which no doubt you're doing. Um, but, you know, I really think... Uh, conversation. Um, I, again, I don't know how open he is to the conversation about these things, but not about just telling him what to do, but asking him where he is in his encounter with the Lord, his spiritual journey, asking questions that invite or, or help build a sense of curiosity um, could re- be really helpful. Um, I, I would specifically point you maybe to uh, Sherry Weldell's book, Forming Intentional Disciples, about breaking the silence. Um, there's a chapter in there that talks about where people are in various stages of their spiritual encounter with God and how might you have certain conversations with them uh, that might uh, help um, them to consider the next step and to make the choice to take the next step in their own spiritual journey. Um, but I, I think the, the biggest caution would be trying to um, change behavior is is sort of secondary to um, really, you know, I guess really being attentive to loving that person and desiring their good. And, and a lot of listening kind of goes before the behavioral change. They have to sort of fall in love with God uh, before the sort of um, doing pieces of things begin to make sense. Maggie, you know, one other thing that comes to my mind, too, is... Uh, my wife, this past Christmas, she said, everybody in the house knows what I'm hoping you get me for Christmas. And I've been dropping hints everywhere. And I had absolutely no idea. And after Christmas came and went, I did not get her the thing that she had. It was a small little thing. It was a new hairdryer. Uh because we have one with a retractable cord and the cord, you have to get it in just the right spot. Otherwise it doesn't make the electric connection. And and she just is annoyed at it. And I said, Oh, I had no clue. Of course I knew that she was annoyed at the hairdryer, but I had not pieced together from whatever hints or subtle things that she had said that, Oh, okay. That's what she's really hoping I get her for Christmas. Uh, Apparently all my kids knew that that's what she wanted. But the reason I mentioned that story is your husband might not be nearly as oblivious as I am to some of the suggestions my wife might make, but it might be good just to even raise the question and just say, hey, um, you know, this is something that I think is important. Have you given it any thought? 
And that might open that doorway to a conversation where you can talk about things. Um, maybe you've already done that, but I, I just know that, uh, you know, sometimes when my wife is subtle with me, it goes right past me and I don't catch it. Um, so just another suggestion as a husband who can be oblivious sometimes. Uh, Father, before we uh, get to the end of the hour here too, uh, Eucharistic adoration, we've only got a few minutes, but wanted to talk about that because that's one of those things when I was, before I was ever Catholic, I would have this thought, oh, I, I, I wish I could just sit there with God, be in his presence, ask him questions and tell him my thoughts. And then I entered the Catholic Church, and now I can sit there in the presence of God. I can ask him questions. I can tell him my thoughts. And we have such a gift in being able to be there in front of Jesus in the Eucharist. Uh, that's another one of the things that I think can help us grow in that relationship, just spending time there in the presence of Jesus himself. And it's been the key of conversion for so many uh, young people that I've worked with uh, in their growth in the spiritual life and, and coming to the place of deeper prayer with God. Adoration is a very central place for us. Um, and maybe it's not as available uh, wherever you are, that uh, you can go to Jesus Exposed in the Monstrance, but you can certainly go to any Catholic church and the, and the Lord is present in the Blessed Sacrament. You can be there before God uh, in the tabernacle if adoration isn't available, but absolutely. Uh, adoration is such a, a, a great place for all the types of prayer we've talked about and just being with the one uh, who loves us and whom we love. And uh, sacramentally, the Lord gives us this great gift for that very reason. Any saints that you might point us to on either either the topic of developing and growing in that friendship and relationship with God, or maybe how to enter into prayer in a better, deeper way, having that better understanding of how to encounter Christ through prayer? Well, it's hard not to go to the spiritual masters. I, I think immediately of... Uh, um, St. Ignatius of Loyola and his spiritual exercises, which um, there's lots of guides and helps to those, but I think his spiritual exercises are so um, powerful as we, we enter into the life of prayer. Um, and I think St. Teresa Avila uh, has some incredible uh, writings that are so excellent, or St. Francis de Sales. Um, you know, I, I think there's just so many uh, spiritual masters in our tradition. And not only can they um, teach us, but they can also pray and intercede for us uh, to enter into uh, those deeper places of, of our own hearts and, and encounter with God. Father Craig DeYoung, thank you so much for being with us for the hour. Before we wrap up, we've got about 20 seconds for a blessing for all of our listeners today. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. May God's grace come upon you, may fill your hearts with love, may you know that He is with you each day and each hour, may you place your trust fully in Him. May God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you so much, Father Craig. Always great to talk with you. Thank you for listening and being a part of the program. Also want to remind you, the National March for Our Life coming up tomorrow. You can be a participant, even if you're not going to be there, by joining us in the Fast for Life. You can click on the banner, learn more, you can register, let us know how you'll be fasting and praying when you click on that banner at RelevantRadio.com or on the Relevant Radio app. Together, we can pray for an end to abortion here in our country. We'll see you tomorrow here on The Inner Life.